TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to Careers Unplugged, the weekly show connecting you to secrets of career success. Careers Unplugged is hosted by Rich Sayer and Stu Hayes and proudly sponsored by the Master of Me coaching program. If you feel being happy, committed, and passionate about your career is important, you're in the right place. My name's Rich Sayer, and I'm here with the fabulous co-founder of Careers Unplugged, Make It Big Training, and the Master of Me coaching program, Stuart Hayes. Stu, it's a fantastic day. Are you ready for another fantastic interview? (laughs) Rich, I'm absolutely fired up. This is going to be awesome. Um, In fact, we've got an absolute live wire joining us on the show today. We do. I, I'm going to say to you, mate, brace yourself. <laughs> I'm holding in and I've got the seatbelt on. <laughs> All right. So our guest today is a professional health and lifestyle educator with over 25 years experience. Started off a career developing skills in aromatherapy, uh, at the same time tactile therapies, homeobotanical therapies, fitness consulting, personal training, you name it. But these days, she is acknowledged as a world leader in her field of self-care. She's a mum, she's written four books, and how's this? She owns a chemical-free aromatherapy and skincare range called 28. Nice. And not to mention, I've seen this lady talk, she is inspirational and educational. Plus, she's got her own podcast on this couch with us. It's Kim Morrison. Thank you for joining us on Careers Unplugged. Oh, thank you, guys. It was beautiful. Thanks. It's great to be here. <laughs> You've been busy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, I think we all are, aren't we? I think this life and this this time that we're in is actually an incredibly busy, busy period, if you like. I don't know many people that aren't. No, no. I think there's a, a collective consciousness of uh, getting on with it that is, that is impressive, you know. Mm. I think get off it and get on with it. That's it. That's it. So, Kim... Let's just start. The show's all about career, and you've, you know, Stewie gave you that great big rap there, which he's very good at, isn't he? He's very good at those intros. <laughs> it just all rolls off the tongue for Stu. Um, I, I want to pick your brains about writing books and all that sort of stuff, but, but, but let's just talk about the, the whole Kim Morrison journey. Where did it start? What was your first job? Interesting, isn't it? I, I, I left school. I, I wanted to actually be a lawyer. Um, and I did six months of law school and could not imagine anything more boring. Sorry, all you lawyers out there, but it just didn't <laughs> sit with my my personality, and and I just struggled. And then I got offered an opportunity to work in a in a travel consultancy, which I really wanted to travel, and I wanted to be a, a top New Zealand netball player. And at that point, I had got into the New Zealand, uh, sorry, the Auckland, which is a regional thing for the under 21s. And so my first job was actually in a wholesale travel consultancy. And um, and I loved it. I had the opportunity, I got to do what I love, which was travel. So my first overseas trip was over to Australia. And then I ended up going to Hong Kong. I did a Contiki tour. And, and so from the age of 18 on, I was really, you know, I got the travel bug, which was fantastic. Um, so I stayed in travel for, for four years. I worked my way through wholesale retail and into ticketing and all of that sort of thing and got to really understand the whole back end of how travel and consultants work. Um, and then I, I I got a bit bored. Um, probably, yeah, you're probably right that I am a bit of a live wire. I do like to do things, you know, and, and challenge myself. And I headed off on a one-way ticket to Australia because I loved it so much on my first trip here. And That's I was 200 working- years after that was required. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. My choice. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I, we love it. Us Kiwis love it over here. It's it's a great. It's my, certainly my the land of opportunity. Kiwi, so I'm pleased to hear you say that because yeah, often and, she's like, "Let's go back over the ditch." Uh, yeah, Kim said Australia, not Van Diemen's Land. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so I was in Melbourne and I happened to be, I, I was obviously into health and fitness and kind of gave away my netball career in order to travel and be over here. And whilst I was here, um, I started my remedial therapy certificate in and natural therapy certificate. And it was whilst I was there, I had to get up 200 community hours Um in the sports arena. So I worked with the Australian netball team, the Australian ballet, Collingwood um, AFL team, and I got my hours up was actually to do a thing, an ultra marathon running. And um, and that's where I met a man called Cliff Young, uh, which some of you may be familiar with, who won the inaugural Sydney to Melbourne race. That's right, and at 68 years of age, he did it, and he was quite an intriguing character to me, and he ended up asking me to work with him, and that's when I took a whole kind of U-turn in my life, really, because I I got right into health and fitness and realized looking after these athletes was quite an auspicious and very um, responsible job to do, and and then I got a you know an invitation or a deer by Cliffy because I told him it was boring to watch him run around a 400 meter track. So he invited me to run in a in an ultra marathon, and I had never run beyond 10 k's. And I entered a 12 hour race, which was probably the biggest lesson. And when I learned who I am in that and the following 24 hour races that I did, that I got to know the real Kim Morrison. And she would have tantrums every now and again, and she would get upset, and she was gutless, and she was spineless, and and she was extraordinary and then she was strong and then she would overcome pain. And, boy, I tell you, running an ultra or running at all long distance really, you know, and I use it nowadays all the time, it really does teach you to find your strengths and to overcome your weaknesses because I believe running is a real metaphor for life and particularly in the marathon of business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny, isn't it? I mean, you know, the, um, how you do anything is pretty much how you do everything in life. And mm. My background was uh, was cross country running. I never never ventured more than twenty five k's. I think in, in my life, but <laughs> I'm, I'm very very impressed. I, I met Cliff Young when I was a young guy. Mm. Um, an incredible character. So you you started um, you got into health and fitness. When did you start to really say to yourself, "This is the the journey for me"? And how did you, you well, know, take the next steps after that? Yeah, that, that's a really good point because it was in that moment I knew I would never go back. I, I, from the age of 20, I never worked for anyone else again. I ended up uh, working through this clinic and up the ranks and then owned the school. I, I became a part director of the college and started teaching natural therapies and aromatherapy and sports therapy. And, you know, to be honest, guys, I just knew there'd be no looking back. This was going to be my life. Um, I had a $180 in my bank account at 19, 20 years of age. The course cost 160 and I enrolled in it. I had a $1,000 credit on my visa and I put $700 worth of aromatherapy and, and massage products onto my credit card. <laughs> I love it. And, um, and I just went, you know what, this is it. I'm jumping in. And fear was not an option. It, it just, I, I could not, in all honesty, looking back, this is the beauty of being young. I think you don't, you don't think you're going to fail. You know, there, there's no such thing as failing. So 
Blissfully I just knew. It was fantastic. <laughs> and I think as I've gotten older, I get a bit more cautious and, and I don't like it. I like being free-spirited. And um, But, of course, we need to. We're, we're talking much more. We've got, there's a few more noughts on the end of decisions nowadays. So <laughs> you have to be a little bit more, um, you know, prepared and, and aware. So, you know, it was at that moment at 20, and, and I actually ended up setting a world record for being the youngest female to run 100 miles in less than 24 hours. Wow. And it was, yeah, it was at that point that I thought, um, I, I don't know if I literally thought I've got to do something with this, but I remember thinking this is going to be an amazing journey for me to to actually incorporate into my everyday life. And I ended up marrying an international cricketer, a sportsman who um, Danny Morrison played for New Zealand cricket for 10 years and, and looking after him and looking after his nutrition and his body and his mindset and his um you know, the, the, the whole concept of self-care with him was an extraordinary journey. And I guess it was through that time that I really, and working in a physiotherapy clinic with my own clients, that I started realizing working one-on-one was fantastic. But speaking to a group, I could impart my knowledge and my learnings in a much bigger and a more impactful environment. And, and then... Leverage. Yeah, leverage was massive for me. So um, I was asked to write an article in 2000 back in New Zealand on aromatherapy and the powers of aromatherapy. And I started writing this article for this magazine. It was a big monthly magazine. And and as I was writing it, I rang my girlfriend and I said, honey, I think I've got an idea. And she said, what's that, love? And I said, we need to write a book. And she said, sure. And, I, you know, as all <laughs> good friends would say. Um, <laughs> so we we went along to the first publisher and we put a proposal to them about a book that we'd like to write on self-care and health and well-being and aromatherapy and all the things we talked about. And I couldn't believe it. They turned us down, which was quite shocking. Um, but they did turn around to us and they said, look, you know what? We we don't think we'd sell more than one or 2,000 copies and we think you're a little bit niche. So, look, try these publishers. They might take you on. So, you know, at that point, Harry Potter had gone massive and we decided mm. she'd been turned down nine times before she got accepted and we had eight to go before we'd give up. Yep, so yep. the next publishers we went to, we tweaked the proposal a little bit and, and you know what, they signed on the spot and they gave us a check um, and we said we walked we acted really comfortable and fine like this happens every day and we walked out of there and we got in the car and we went what just happened there <laughs> so um, we we started writing and, and it was a nine-month journey and probably another very insightful um, time to meet ourselves because there were many late nights we'd both just had our second baby we were breastfeeding we were working I decided to do a body transformation at the same time so um I'm up at four to get to the gym by 4.45. I would do my workout. I'd get home by 6.30 for Danny to go off to his job so I could get the children up. I'd get them organized and I'd write in their sleep times. And then Fleur and I, we shared a nanny at one point and we'd have her two days a week to look after all four children while we wrote. We'd get the kids in bed by 7.30, 8 o'clock, sometimes 9 or 10 o'clock at night, as all mums would know. And by the time they went down, we'd write till midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning, and we'd start the whole journey again just to get this book done. So... Good times. Mm, I know, I know. And, I, you know, you say to me, well, how do you get it done? It's, I tell you what, it's, it's doing the things that other people wouldn't do mm-hmm. um, that I think gets things done. Uh, it's playing at 100%. So mm. have there been times in your journey where you felt confused or lost or down and out, you know, hard, um, hard times? I would say that comes in all of those feelings, if I'm really honest, 
come in probably most days, yeah, you know, like in one run. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they come in and out. You know, you doubt yourself, you've just been to a meeting, you you walk in excited, you're you're hopeful and, and then you walk out and go, Well, that was a waste of time and why am I doing this? And you know, sometimes I sit there and I think, Am I ever gonna make some money? You know, we've Danny and I did very well. He was a very good saver and we had a beautiful home nearly mortgage free. We had everything in our palms of our hands. We had two brand new healthy babies. And and then we did a house project and, and through one thing led to another and one bad decision and trusting people perhaps that we shouldn't have, we lost our house. And that sent us into a bit of a spiral. And when my dear husband's sister took her life, that just totally ruptured our worlds on another whole level. And that's when we decided to move to Australia. And um, and I, you know, I thought we just need to get some sunshine back in our lives. So we, we came to the Sunshine Coast and sold our other property back in New Zealand and then invested all of that into a company here that went under three months later and um, lost everything. We had nothing except what was the contents of our house. And it was at that point um, Fleur and I were about to launch our fourth book, which was our self-published book over here on the Sunshine Coast. And we needed $40,000 and I had earmarked the money that I had in this investment savings and with three weeks to go and having to pay the forty grand, we had nothing, nothing. And we had the book on the printers that was on the print reel. We, they, were, they were hassling us for the money and I just looked at Fleur and said, do you think this is a sign? And she said, a sign for what? And I said, do you think this is a sign saying the universe is telling us to stop? And she looked at me and she goes, or is it a sign saying how bad do you want it? Mm. And we looked at each other and we just went, we got to do this. So there were so many people. It was probably like, I don't know, getting a a donation happening. We get $500 here, $1,000 here. One lady lent us $20,000, which I will be forever indebted for. Um, And somehow we got the money together and we launched. We were expecting 50 people at our launch sold tickets to our own launch so that we could we could pay for it and we had 260 people turn up on the night we had all the media coverage we could wish for and we went on to sell um our book went into a bestseller within the first six weeks of of putting it out there on the market and i just looked at I, i remember looking at fleur at that point and going you know what, this is such a good sign. It's like being in the graveyard shift of my 24-hour race when you want to quit, you want to give up. There is no one else out here. It's dark, you're lonely, you're throwing tantrums, it's cold, it's wet, and you're saying just put one foot in front of the other, do not give up. Mm-hmm. And then the sun comes up and all of a sudden you're told you've gone number one or you've you've just sold 5,000 copies and and you go, my gosh, and then you forget it's like childbirth and you guys may or may not be aware of exactly how that feels. But um, when you've done it and you're holding that bundle of joy, the, there's no pain. It's it's quite surreal. It's an amazing journey really, isn't it? So when you say that, you know, those those mixed emotion, that mixed bag mm. um, from from confusion to, you know, despair to joy, you know, can occur in any any given moment of any given day. Mm-hmm. How do you manage mm-hmm. that in, within yourself? I mean, you know, there's a guy called Blair Singer that, that we've studied when, and uh, read books from and seen train. And he, he has a book called Little Voice Mastery. And he, he makes a point of saying it's Little Voice Mastery, not Little Voice, uh, you know, Annihilation. You know, there's always going to be those little voices of doubt inside of you. And, and, you know, it's about managing that. How have you gone about doing that? 
Very much. That that little voice syndrome is there all the time. Mm. And I got to really meet her when I did my ultras and in, in that graveyard shift. And, and, you know, something would be saying, your right knee's really sore, and it would be agony. And then I'd be going, well, just talk to, you know, I'm sending love, I'm sending attention, I love you, you can do this, come on knee. And all of a sudden I go, oh, it doesn't feel sore, but hang on, my left ankle's killing me now. And and it be and I call it when I do my public speaking. It's this. It is a definitely a negative and a positive um, polar extreme that goes on constantly. And in fact, I've learnt now that if I don't have that, I'd, I'd actually be scared. You know, if, because to me, I now instead of being scared of that negative voice, I actually listen to it, or don't maybe not listen to it, but I acknowledge it. Because let, let me give you an analogy. I'm driving down the freeway. And I don't know if any of you have done this before, but I've been driving down the freeway and I visualize or all of a sudden have this horrible thought about what it would be like to have a head-on collision. And I have this horrible, overwhelming, holy heck, it must be hideous. And then I'm going, oh, my gosh, I've read Law of Attraction. I'm going to attract this. Oh, my gosh. And you get yourself into a panic. But I remember thinking now. My grandmother said something very interesting with me one day when I was driving. She was 95 years of age, and this guy cut me off. And I wanted to stick my hand out the window and give him the fingers and yell abuse and tell him he was an – I can't swear, but, you know, I'd say, you know, tell him what a jerk he was. And, and my beautiful grandmother sat there, and she goes, oh, dear, well, I hope his wife and children are okay. Gosh, he must be in a rush. Maybe she's in hospital. And I think it's about perspective. And I'd never thought about him and his story. I mean, how many times have I cut someone off when I'm in a panic trying to get to school because my kid's fallen off the jungle gym or I've not indicated when I should have? And and so now for me, when I'm running down the – running, sorry, not running, driving down the highway, when I get that thought, that negative thought come in, I now go – or universe, you've just reminded me to drive more carefully. Mm. So if I'm getting it in business or if I'm getting it in a meeting or I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm doubting myself, I go, thank you, God. Trust myself. Take a deep breath and know my end point is in sight. I just have to stay true to my core and what I'm about. And I may come out of this meeting or out of this and it's not going to work. But with it not working, it's opening up the possibility for another opportunity that maybe I wouldn't have known if this one hadn't. So I've really learned as I've got older to trust that everything is perfect. And in fact, even the imperfections are perfect. And so I don't fight with it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I've had that journey. I I wanted to be, you know, uh, a world famous songwriter, singer, performer, recording artist, you know, I wanted the rock and roll fairy tale. And I did a couple of albums and on that journey, uh, there was nothing I wanted more. And yet that outcome that I thought I wanted uh, didn't happen in the way that I wanted and other things manifested along the journey. And I sometimes think if if I had have got what I wanted back then, I wouldn't have got all this other stuff that I think is far more important and and far yeah. more satisfying now. And uh, And I'm so grateful for what I didn't know then yeah you know i think that that's so true isn't it it's such a gift and when you're in the throes of it when you're in the despair of it or when you're in the heartache of it or the no money or no sleep or no positive feedback or anything and you're sitting there going why am i doing this what is it all about my counselor said to me and this would probably be a very big um, recommendation I'd give is, is mentors and counselling is such an important thing because our voices, those those dark voices, can override, and you need someone to give you either, you know, if your ego is getting in the way and you think you're doing really well when you're not, or the other way around, you you actually 
sometimes we'll find a mentor or someone to question what you're doing and 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 actually challenge you on another side again and that have you ever had um, my darlings you're 86 and fresh with with mentors kim have you ever had a mentor that's uh, they've given you a wake-up call oh yeah oh gosh yes Oh, gosh, yes. You can imagine my type. You see, I think we're going to make a million dollars within a week. I think we're going to do it so easily. And if we spent this money here and we did this now, it's just going to fall into place, isn't it? And so, which is wonderful. I have a very entrepreneurial spirit. I'm very half glass full. I'm very open. But we need our strategists and our implementers and our planners and our my husband who goes, well, how are you going to do that? And how much is it going to cost? And what if it doesn't work? We, my type needs those mentors or like I was going to say, my beautiful mentor. Yeah, well, she said to me, my darling, every challenge is an opportunity for growth if you choose to see it that way. And if you're open and ego-less to hear it and see it. And I think that's really important. Mm, it's it's the, um, the classic thing where something is ha- only has the meaning we attach to it. Mm. And uh, it's uh, it reminds me of the Michael Jordan story. I don't know if you know that one, where you know Michael Jordan actually got booted off the high school basketball team, oh. and uh, him and his buddy got booted off. And his buddy went home and said, and didn't want to play basketball anymore. Michael Jordan went home and said, "I'm going to shoot a thousand hoops. I'm going to get a thousand hoops." in every night and so you know to start he might have to have 10,000 shots to get a thousand in but he practiced getting a thousand hoops in every night and then obviously went on to become certainly one of the greatest of all time so the meaning he attached to getting booted off the team was completely the opposite of his buddy and they had completely opposite outcomes as a result those turning points i mean you know you've you've shared some of them with us kim um you know, raising the money at a desperate time that allowed you to you know, get that fourth book published and, and others. Have you ever thought about if, if something like that hadn't happened, um, where would you be now? What would you be doing? Um, that's a million dollars. I, I don't know because I'm not um, And I don't worry about that because I'm not there. I, I, I think that's... Or regret, perhaps, or, or hindsight, or I, I, I honestly don't know. I just know that I trust every single thing that has happened in my life has happened for a reason. And it's up to me to choose whether or not to grow from it or to become a victim to it. And and my running and health and fitness, I think by keeping my body in check and making sure I give it the best fuel and I exercise it and I meditate and I and I read and I do as much as I can to fill my soul, my body and my physicality, then I know I'm giving my body the right fuel and information in order to grow and stay focused on my dream for for growing a, a legacy for my, me and my family, which is my business. Um, and then the other thing, you know, that that's, it's such a simple saying, but that thing of never, never, ever give up. You don't know how close you are to the pivotal turning point of when you hit that tipping 
just explodes or um you you've know, got so. esp this morning because you've said a couple of things that we we were just talking about before and never 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 give up winston churchill was just uh was just oh. on our on our table in the last hour so you know we're we're all very attuned today i have oh. to say it's actually one, one thing that just to hear talking about that um you know and i sense that for you that at that turning point, the one about the capital raising when you, or, the, or the fundraising, you know, you, you'd lost everything. You had to find $40,000 uh, and you started to get some doubt and your girlfriend, business partner sort of said, well, maybe this is our chance to just show how much we want this. Mm. Um, somewhere in there, I'm sensing that you sort of felt that, yes, that's right. You know, like, um, it's, you know there's a, an inbuilt um, navigational system that says – Yes, you're right. Persist, you know, rather than no, no, no. I think we do have to stop. Well, I think there's a there's a fine line, and again, I can give you the analogy in running. You know, I believe, and I always ask this: Is it my body telling me, my brain telling my brain that my left ankle is hurting, or is it my brain telling my body that the left ankle is now hurting? Is it the chicken or the egg? And the thing I've learnt with that is probably more than anything at that point with Fleur at and even though she's no longer my business partner, we've we've had the best. We worked together for seventeen years, and we had the best time. And sadly, she had to return to live in New Zealand, and and we've both gone on our different paths. And and it's amazing. We're still the best of friends, and and encourage one another to shine constantly. But I probably needed to hear her say that before I would say it, because I would have likely have said, "Let's just keep going." Yeah. Um, and to have her on board made me go. That's just another sign from the universe. I, there is constant. I read a book once called Signposts, and and it, there are signs everywhere. Whether you know, for for me, when I see a butterfly, I know my. For me, it's my grandmother is is waving some love on me and telling me to keep going. And um, for others, it's when they smell a rose or I don't know whatever they are. But there's signposts all the time. Even the initials. You know, I can be driving along, uh, you know, in the car. I'll never forget it, Danny, the children and I were going to Dubai and in India a couple of years ago, just before I was about to launch 28, and I was having the same doubt. We didn't have any capital to grow it. We had just lost all our finances through that um, nationwide institution. And and again, um, it was the year after we launched, um, sorry, three months after we launched Love Chocolate for Women, we were sitting there and I said to Danny, I just don't know if we should do it. We were going to Dubai and we're standing there at the counter to check in and Danny goes look what line we're checking in at and it was 28 and then the row we got the seats we had to sit on were 28 a b c and d <laughs> and then the kids um turned around and this and the the wedding we went to in India Taylor my daughter asked the bride how old she was and she goes oh darling I'm 28 and we were just going oh my gosh oh my gosh this is just like this is insane <laughs> you know and, and success then lives close yeah it does it does and, and that would be an amazing thing I would say is look out for the signposts ask the universe hand it over if you've read that latest book E squared. Um, it's amazing by Pam Grout. You know, there's nine exercises to do in there, and I've been doing them at the moment. You know, where I'm putting it out there to the universe. I'm actually, I'm even daring the universe or God or Source or Spirit, whatever you want to call it. But I'm saying, go on, show me, show me. I'm open. I'm here. I'm listening. Tell me what I have to do. And the next minute, I get something happen within a period of time, and I go, okay. Okay, you're here. You're there. I'm, I'm, I've got it. <laughs> Sometimes uh, trusting that instinctual behaviour rather than the, you know, and and 
you know what, it's knowing for me, and this is my own personal belief, the map is already, it, it's already mapped out. It's how we play the card. I believe, this is again my own personal thoughts, there's a certain day I'm going to not be on this planet anymore and it's my choices every day that I make that are going to determine the outcome of that. So, for instance, the only way we could really manage spiritually, psychologically and emotionally Danny's beautiful sister's passing at 36 years of age was we both believed that she was always destined to, to leave this earth at 36 years of age. And whether it was a car accident, a hideous disease, or whether it was through a psychotic episode that she ended up taking her life, the choices she made leading up to the, that moment is what determined how she how she eventually went. And I know some people won't agree with that or whatever, but that's how we've got ourselves through it. And I use the same analogy in business. I believe 28 and like Chocolate for Women is going to be an extraordinary legacy that I thought was a five-year plan. I've now decided it's a 500-year plan because I'm all about education. I want future generations to benefit from this information mm. that I'm learning about a chemical-free lifestyle. Now, how that maps out, I don't know. Will my daughter grow up to become the director of my company one day or go on to become an Australian ballet dancer, which is her, her dream at the moment and doesn't want to work in a business? I don't know. Or both. Yeah, exactly. So it's the not knowing. It's the not knowing, actually, which is the best thing. I always used to feel jealous when I was a, a, a young lad at school of of the my peers. You know, friends would say, when I grow up, I'm going to be a doctor. And sure enough, they, they became a doctor. And they just had clarity from, you know, the age of eight. And at the age of 32, I think I was still tossing things around, you know, trying to work it out. And... Uh, and that journey's not over yet for me, you know, because we, at any given point, we've only got a small aperture on the radar, and it's a great big universe out there, and we don't really know what's going on for us. But, you know, trusting the good things are coming is, is a big part of it. We're nearly out of time. So if, if, if we had to sum it up, Kim, what would be Kim's golden nugget? What would be, you know, if you had, the, as Stewie would say, two minutes in the elevator with someone, what's the golden nugget if they asked? Um, for me, it's it's it never, never, ever give up. Live your passion. Follow your dream. They're all so cliche, but at the end of the day, the money follows when you are doing what you love. If you're getting up every morning and you're excited to jump out of bed and, and you're wanting to do that, you're not and it's a hard slog if you just knew that you could be so close to the tipping edge and truly just trust yourself um, and, and if all else fails ask others to, to give you their honest feedback and that's where mentors come in I truly believe that we are all doing what we are meant to be doing in this moment it's up to us in the next moment how we choose to live in this moment as to what's going to determine what that looks like so live at 110% give it everything you've got you've got one body, one life, one chance, just do not give in to mediocrity or, you know, to, to thinking that everyone else is doing it. I can't. There is always room for one more good book out there. There's always room for another extraordinary out there. There's always room for another amazing inspirational speaker out there or whatever your dream is. There's enough for everybody. Mm. I say go with having creative thinking, not competitive thinking, and just trust and believe. That is absolute gold. Thank you so much, 
Kim, for coming on the show and being so open and sharing your little pearls of wisdom there. And I could not agree more with with just about everything you've said. And uh, we're very aligned, we are, I have to say. (laughs) And uh, Stu, anything else to to add to that? Uh, There is absolutely no uh, coincidence that we're all on the call together. Thank you so much, Kim. It's been uh, a privilege. It's been wonderful. And I certainly look forward to seeing you and speaking to you again soon. Oh, thanks, guys. Thank you. And I think you're doing an amazing job. I'd love to have had you around. In fact, listening to your show is giving me insights at my age at 46. I can only imagine what it must be like when you're changing careers or, or you know, just starting out. Imagine young people all getting this from school. You guys, you really are rocking it. I love it. Thank you. Oh, thanks, Kim. To all of you at home, in the car, wherever you are, thanks for joining us. Make sure you visit careersunplugged.com or Facebook and leave your comments. And, of course, give this episode a five-star rating on iTunes. Do it for Kim. This has been Careers Unplugged with Rich and Stu. Careers Unplugged, proudly sponsored by the Master of Me coaching program, helping you succeed in life, career, and business. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.